Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. So I did not know this until very recently, in fact, within the last 24 hours. But apparently back in the day, way back in the day, in the 18th and early 19th century, much of the slang, many of the slang terms that have been created or at that time were used in English, story is they were made up to allow crooks and criminals to uh, be able to talk without police understanding what they were talking about. It was, it was code. Slang was really code to let them converse and no one knew what they were saying. That doesn't mean, even though criminals may have been behind many of these words, it doesn't mean they didn't come up with some great ones though, from the 18th and 19th centuries that are all in the two books, the 1811 book, Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue, keeping in mind the vulgar tongue, it's not really because it's vulgar, it's because it was a criminal thing and it's not proper English. The vulgar referred not to necessarily um, body or inappropriate, but just that it was not the Queen's English they were using. And Passing English of the Victorian Era, two books, um, they've come out there as lists here of 18th and 19th century slang that absolutely it is time to bring back. We've got so many dumb words that keep getting added, mostly because people on social media now just shorten stuff to make it easier to type. And those become words somehow. And it's stupid. At least have some point to the words, at least have some excellence with the slang. So I'm going to bring Ben into the conversation here for a second, Ben, I'm going to give you the slang term from the 18th or 19th century, the Victorian era, and you are going to guess if you could tell me what it means or even use it in a sentence. Either one will be fine. We're going to start. Be careful with this first one. It sounds wildly inappropriate. Don't go there. But what would you think the, if I said you were dicked in the knob, <laughs> what would that phrase mean? <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> it would mean you don't say it at church is what you say. I don't even know. It just means you're silly or you're crazy. You're dicked in the knob. Of course. Yes. Right. That's what that means. That was, <laughs> that is a great phrase that should be brought back. That's I can see that being phrase. brought back with different meaning. Well, you know, someone who's a little touched. You're dicked in the knob. That's, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Touched, dicked in the knob. Those are, uh, yeah. Okay. Those are words right. that coincide. If you were shipwrecked, what might that mean? You're shipwrecked, Ben. Out of luck. You know, I've been shipwrecked with this That's idea. A good, no, that would be a good guess. That's a really good guess. No, shipwrecked means drunk. Oh, that's see, that's a much better word than smashed or something. He's I'm not, shipwrecked. He's not extra drunk officer. He's shipwrecked more he's than shipwrecked. Wrecked. Is that not an awesome word? That's awesome slang for that. I'm going to use the, that. Good slang, good words to me. And I mean, I write, and so I try to use creative words and I try to, you know, not all the time, not every story calls for it, but if you can use a word that people will read and go, that's perfect. That's a perfect word for that emotion or that action or that whatever. To me, shipwrecked is perfect for being drunk. I'm going to use that. I am going to make that become a word again and mean a whole new thing. I love see that. If you can, yeah, see if you can bring it back. Uh, betwaddled. Betwaddled. Oh. You are betwaddled. 
Well, I would assume that the B part of that implies that it is something someone is, or, you know, someone, you know, that's become besmirched, the name kind of deal. So I'm going to think betwaddled is something that, like the state of something, it's betwaddled. State of being surprised or confounded. You're betwaddled. I you're sort of, that. you're stunned by something. I was surprised. I was betwaddled. Great word. Fantastic word. Love these. These are way better than surprised. Uh, Golumpus. <laughs> a large person who. Yes. Yes. Perfect. The... Okay. L- l- no, yeah. that's not a large person. You don't even have to go on, but yeah, a large clumsy fellow is what, how the official dis- definition is, but Golumpus, it sounds like, it sounds like the noise that his body would make as he walks. Yeah. Golumpus. Golumpus. You, it's a, it sounds like something you could play on a tuba. Yes. You're probably too young. Some people, many people listening will remember the old TV commercials for the A&W root bear. That's a Golumpus sounding song. That's what Golumpus is. That's a great word. It's, it's, you know, it's another great word. That's not even a word. And I'll give credit to people today that they somehow stumbled onto a great word, even though they got it completely wrong. The right word is voluptuous to describe usually a woman who is shapely or curvy or large, but people have mispronounced it now and called it voluptuous, which I think actually sounds better and more descriptive of what you're talking about. I always assumed that it was voluptuous as in volume, like, you know, there's volume to this. Voluptuous. Voluptuous. Yes, but, but voluptuous sounds better. It does. It is. It's a better sounding word. Um, okay. Wake snakes. Wake snakes. Ooh. This is a toughie. This is a toughie. I feel like that would be almost like an alarm clock of sorts. Now, I mean, I understand this is 18th century, so it may have been Let like me re-say it again. Wake snakes. If I say it differently, maybe the, the wake part is, it's, it's a phrase and the wake part is a verb. So you're going to wake snakes. Oh, so I thought I had that and then it just went whoosh right over my head. It I means to know. provoke. To provoke, you're going to wake snakes. The the snakes bite you. You're going to wake the snakes if you do this. You're going to wake snakes. That's a cool one. I like that. I was almost imagining more of along the the lines of it is in the wake of something, you know, someone who follows you or, you know, rides the coattails, so to say. That could have worked. A giggle mug. A giggle mug. Ooh. Is this something when like you've become giggle mugged? Or like they have a giggle mug going on? You can't define the word with the word. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how this works. Fair enough. Okay. You got me there. So (laughs) I imagine this is something to do with laughing. Like, you know, I cannot keep, I cannot stop laughing. I have a giggle mug. It's someone who, and when I say it, it's going to make all the sense in the world. You know, those people, there are certain people that every time you see them, they look like they're about to burst out laughing. They've always got that look on their face. Like they're just... Happiest person on earth, giggle mug. They're a giggle mug. Yeah, because so, you know, uh, I'm gonna smack your ugly mug, kind of thing. It, the yep. Mug being face, giggle being well, it, giggle. It's perfectly the giggle face. Uh, we're talking, by the way, of 18th and 19th century Victorian era slang terms that disappeared, but that really should come back. The bone box. The bone box. Ooh. So is that where you put someone who was uh, died? Much simpler than that. The bone box is your mouth. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. So I wish that, and, and but it's usually said, uh, the, the thing goes here, it's usually said in a bit of a f- derogatory term. I wish that guy would shut his bone box. Fair enough. I mean, I feel like there's other connotations that this can go with, but yeah, bone box. I like that. That's a good one too. It's a piss like, profit. Oh, excuse you. Yeah, no, uh, the piss profit would be what? <laughs> um... This is a very tough one. This is a very tough one because we don't have this anymore. So it's not really, it's not something we could, this one you couldn't really apply. It's a, back then, because medicine was not anywhere close to what it is now, they had doctors who would look at patients' urine and diagnose their illness just based on the color of their urine. Oh. And they they were the piss prophet. Fair enough. See, I was, <laughs> I thought this was going to be profit like money. And so I was expecting this to be something, you know, bad alcohol or something to that degree, but no profit like P H E T. I'm not even going to get you to guess on what the silent flute is. It's exactly what you would think it is. We'll move right along from there. Arzy Varzy. Arzy Varzy. Not artsy fartsy. Arzy Varzy. Oh, Arzy Varzy. I guess it, I almost want to say, is that kind of wishy-washy? They're Arzy Varzy all over the place. They I can't make a decision. We, the phrase that we might use today is butt over tea kettle. So if you're, if you fell down and I went butt over tea kettle, I fell down Arzy Varzy. Fair enough. In other words, I went right over top of myself. I mean, Arzy, go from there. <laughs> Uh, muff, muffin wallopers. <laughs> muffin wallopers. Okay. So is that someone who's probably fighting over food? They don't have a, maybe a homeless person? Uh, it's kind well, it, there is a, there's a food element to it. Um, it's, it's people who are kind of gossipy gossipy women, they would say they would often refer to them as, you know, you meet for a coffee clutch or sit over tea. Um, my grandmother wanted her to join her book club, but they're all a bunch of muffin wallopers. No, I can get that. You know, they fight with words and spreading stuff over muffins and scones. I I like that one. I really like that one. See, I was expecting this to maybe even be something, someone who's perpetually fighting bakers. Are there, do those people exist? Maybe. People, people who just have a real problem with anyone who bakes. The secret so, war they don't want you to know about. Bakers, who are they? The muffin wallopers. <laughs> uh, ba- bags o' mystery. Bags o' mystery. Oh, so I'm going to guess it's not something someone sells and you have no idea what it is. Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. Sort of. Sort of. It's a term for sausages because no one knows what's inside them. Fair They're enough. A bag of mystery. Fair enough. What do you think? How do you think that would sell at a restaurant if instead of bangers and mash now or sausages you put on there, we're selling bags of mystery? Well, I imagine. I'm not would, buying it. It would be a lot better than if you said, what is this? Uh-huh. It's mystery bags. At least it sounds more fun because there's the O apostrophe. It makes it Bags sound... Bags O mystery. It's fancy that way. Yes. Skillamalink. Skillamalink-a-dink? No, Skillamalink. Oh, not that oh. one. Not, <laughs> not Skillamalink. No, Skillamalink. A Skillamalink. I have no idea on this one. This one's drawing a blank. I can't even think. It's a toughie. Uh, shady business dealings. 
the whole scene, the whole thing seems super skillamalink, which, which actually Ben seems like a lot more word than we need for that point. That, that, this is one I can do without that. That's too much word and too confusing. Is sketchy not good enough? That, see, I think sketchy is way better in this case. That's one word, one slang we've come up with that I think is better. Irish apricots. So these are probably about inch, maybe too long. They're maybe orange and they're growing in the far off lands of Ireland. Irish looks like, apricots. Looks like more, an apricot. You're taking this way too, just Literally? go way more simple. Irish apricots. Irish apricots, potatoes? Potatoes. An Irish apricot is a potato. Yes. Why not? Why not? Um, okay. That one's sort of stupid. Oh, I love this one. A fly rink. A fly rink. Ooh. A fly rink. This is, we're talking about 18th century slang terms that really should be coming back into use because they're great. Fly rink. I almost want to say almost like a police informant or something. You know, someone who's kind of shifty. That would make, that would be a better use, honestly, but I love this one. It's a, um, a polished bald head. <laughs> so flies like can a, slide around it on It looks that. like a rink for flies. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, clever, really clever. Uh, I, I love this one. O- the oil of gladness. The oil of gladness. This, this should absolutely be brought back instantly by parents who are wanting their children to listen to them. The oil of gladness. Soap or brandy. It's one or the other. It has to be. So in the old days, and when I say for parents wanting their kids to pay attention, in the old days, if you administered the oil of gladness, it meant they beat you. But you don't have to have it. It doesn't have to be a beating. You could just be like discipline. We're going to implement the oil of gladness. Go to your room. You're getting the oil of gladness. Fair enough. I mean, it sounds a lot better than the boil from Gladys. <laughs> well, we, I don't know where, we'll, uh, I'm not even going to go there, but yes, it does sound much better <laughs> than any boil from Gladys. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, let's go. Um, a quail pipe. A quail pipe. Does that have something to do with opium? It has nothing to do with opium. A quail pipe was slang for a woman's tongue. How? The definition, the slang, I guess back then, you know, we're talking 200 years ago, women weren't necessarily meant to be heard. And if they were, they were trumpeting her quail pipe. She was talking too much. Okay, then. Sure. Quail pipe. And let's have one more. Um, (laughs) Can't do that one. Um, that's probably the problem is I imagine a lot of these are, uh, less than, you know, they're, they're a little unscrupulous. So to well, say, here's one more afternoonified afternoonified afternoonified. So if you were afternoonified, what would that mean? Uh, probably someone who's like wide awake at all times. It, it, it is something to do with fashion that you were high class and dressed very well because by then, you know, you didn't have the showers and everything. It took longer to get ready in the morning. So by afternoon, you were dressed for work and everything else. Now, probably morning too, but if you were afternoonified, you were ready for the day. You were dressed to the hilt and ready to go. Fair enough. Kind of like, you know, your afternoon clothes. You wake up, you have your morning clothes, the afternoon clothes. You're, you're dressed, you're ready. So I'm, I'm definitely bringing back the oil of gladness. 
That okay. for sure is on my list right now. Fly rink is definitely, I, I've, I've got a fly rink right now, so I'm definitely going with that one. Um, Shipwrecked? M- muffin wallopers. <laughs> I love that one. Um, uh, yeah, shipwrecked for sure. Galumpus is on that. And um, depending on the circumstances, maybe dicked in the knob. <laughs> but, but, but you got, that one may require slightly more explanation at some point. Uh, anyway, there. Use wisely, all of them. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from six to eight on nine hundred CHML.